So to, to even go back to the beginning is the reason I had this in my mind is six Creedmoor. I've watched, I've shot, I've seen a lot of animals get shot by six Creedmoor and it's always the kid round, right? It's always Jim Carr's daughters. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, those, those things are just getting whacked. I mean, they are just dropping and I'm not talking like a hundred yards. I'm talking four or five and 600 yards shot with a 108 ELDM out of a six Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. So I was getting talking with, with Forum and asking him a bunch of questions, pretty knowledgeable on it and getting with you and I guess the reason why should you buy one? And my thing that is this, is if you are believing the WES, the Let's WES calculator, if you put a 6UM into the WES calculator out to 1,000 yards, the hits, you know, the hit efficiency combined with the recoil is almost second to none. Mm-hmm. Because you're getting hits like a big magnum, you know, a big 30 cal magnum, first round hits, you know, hit probability at say, let's say 800 yards, with a rifle that kicks like a 6.5 Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. And that that's probably the biggest thing, the biggest, there's a reason that like if you go to the six millimeter category in PRS, that it ru- it runs the show. Yeah, six dashers is basically the front of the pack mm-hmm. at the moment. It's perfect, you know, rec- I mean, it doesn't really matter recoil so much to them, but as far as speed, BC, as a collective, it's where it like all comes together. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's no different in a hunting size rifle. It's the reason that pretty much NL hunt NRL hunter, you cannot, they've made it. So a power factor, you cannot even use a six millimeter. Mm-hmm. So if you calculate that in the Wes calculator, you're going to make it. So, so it's 115 grain max size bullet. And they say the fastest they'll let it go is 3,200. Correct. That's what the guys were just telling me. So you, you, you literally can't reach power. Yep. Cause it's called the, it's called the cheater caliber. And well, it's to me, it's, you put 115 grain bullet in there and we'll talk about the bullet in a minute. And literally, my son, we just went to Texas and shot some nilgai and pigs. And the first thing out of his mouth, and he shot quite a bit, is when he shot his nilgai, he's like, Dad, that thing has no recoil. Like mm-hmm. none. Because he's used to shooting 300 ultras, you know, big 338s. And uh, that's the first thing you notice. So when you're, doesn't matter if you're a kid, doesn't matter if you're a grown up, the power that it has for the recoil it has is the reason for making it. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Shoot to Hunt podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Avery. Ryan Avery. And my color commentator today is Jake Mushaney. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Uh, the 6UM. Uh-huh. The 6UM, it started out, actually, out to start in the beginning, we have a friend uh, who's kind of nameless. His name is, we'll call him Form. Big, big, huge fan of the 6mm, and he got me thinking more and more about the 6mm and making a ultimate 6mm, I guess. So, obviously, if you're going to talk about brass, you're going to bring in Jake. So, we started talking about making the biggest... I guess the biggest six millimeter on the market. You were trying to figure out which six millimeter case to go with that already existed, basically. Yeah. So you're comparing existing cartridges. So the first thing we grabbed was the 20, 26 nozzler. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was me and Blaine tried to neck that down to see how it'd go and instantly the side of the neck cracked. And then we remembered it was nozzler brass. So 
not great brass, so we didn't want to go that route. Mm-hmm. And then I think we brought, did we bring, go ahead, tell your side. We, so I think we brought you into the story. Yeah, 26 Nozzer is a 6.5. Yep. Trying to neck it down. Still to six. a long action cartridge. Way which, overboard. Which that would have been, I mean, 6 UM is already overboard. That would have been King Kong overboard. Yep. May not even have worked. Maybe a bit of five shot wonder. So, Never know. Yeah. Hard to say. So we were talking about, and you were necking down to 6.5, and I think we we started going through, and then we moved to short action, and we talked mm-hmm. about 6.5 PRC, 6.5 SOM. Uh, you know, ADG makes great 6.5 SOM brass, and, and you know, necking, necking down from from 264 to 243, you really don't want to do that in a one one go. It can be done. I think 10,000, 10, are you doing 10,000 at a time, or are you doing it in one go? One go. Yeah, one go. So if you're working with good brass, twenty thousandths is, is acceptable. But if you got some thin, cheap brass, we've had some situations like you did with that with that Nazar brass where you gotta go ten thousand stepped at a time, otherwise you run into that issue. On that, is it because the brass is just not treat you know, like heat treated, or how is it just shit brass or how does that work? Because we have not I have not cracked one ADG mm-hmm. brass necking down from six five to six. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, brass alloy percentages and, and, and thickness. Thickness is probably the major contributor. Most most awesome brass like ADG Peterson, you're looking at, you know, 14 or 15 thousandths neck thickness. You know, yeah. when we get down into Hornady and some cheaper stuff like that, it can, you know, 13 and 12. And I imagine that has something to do with it. It could even be, you know, the shoulder, the shoulder angle could contribute to that. Um, but yeah, necking down Six five psalm to six psalm worked really well. We give it a try. Uh, we put once we necked it down, we threw a hundred and fifteen grain bullet in there, and we loaded it to where the 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 boat tail bearing surface datum was lined up with the neck shoulder datum, and it was right at two nine fifty. So it was like it was meant to be. Actually, it meant to be, and it's the free bore is a very interesting. Oh, to I, me. Should, I should have brought the damn it's reamer two, print in here. Two hundred and twenty six thousands. Uh huh. Well. So, so how we had that reamer made was basically sending a dummy round to JGS and let them do the leg work on the reamer spec and all that good stuff. So if you guys want to run this, it's not a privately owned reamer spec or whatever. Just ask for the six on improved to the six UM from JGS and they'll, they'll get you a reamer, but yes, six, five SOM brass neck down to six and then shoulder blown out to 46 SOM improved. Yep, yep, and it will 100% fit in a short action. Yeah, with a 115 all the way out. Yep, as long, and it looks perfect. So to, to even go back to the beginning is the reason I had this in my mind is six Creedmoor. I've watched, I've shot, I've seen a lot of animals get shot by six Creedmoor, and it's always the kid round, right? It's always Jim Carr's daughters. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, those those things are just getting whacked. I mean, they are just dropping and I'm not talking like a hundred yards. I'm talking four or five and 600 yards shot with a 108 ELDM out of a six Creedmoor. Mm. So I was getting talking with, with form and asking him a bunch of questions, pretty knowledgeable on it and getting with you. And I guess the reason why should you buy one? And my thing to, is this is if you are believing the Wes, the Litz Wes calculator, if you put a six UM into the Wes calculator out to a thousand yards, the hits, you know, the hit efficiency combined with the recoil is almost second to none mm-hmm. because you're getting hits like a big magnum, you know, a big 30 cal magnum first round hits, you know, hit probability at say, let's say 800 yards with a rifle that kicks like a six, five Creedmoor. Mm-hmm. 
And that that's probably the biggest thing, the biggest, there's a reason that like, if you go to the six millimeter category in PRS, that it it runs the show. Yeah, six dashers is basically the front of the pack mm-hmm. at the moment. It's perfect, you know, recall. I mean, it doesn't really matter recall so much to them, but as far as speed, BC, as a collective, it's where it like all comes together. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's no different in a hunting size rifle. It's the reason that pretty much NL hunt, NRL Hunter, you cannot, they made it so a power factor, you cannot even use a six millimeter. Mm-hmm. So if you calculate that in the WES calculator... Because they make it so, so it's a 115 grain max size bullet, and they say the fastest they'll let it go is 3200. Correct. That's what the guys were just telling me. So you you, you literally can't reach power. Yep, because it's called the it's called the cheater caliber. And well, it's to me, it's you put a 115 grain bullet in there, and we'll talk about the bullet in a minute. And literally, my son, we just went to Texas and shot some nil guy and pigs, and the first thing out of his mouth, and he shot quite a bit, is when he shot his nil guy. He's like, Dad, that thing has no recoil. Like none, because he's used to shooting 300 ultras, you know, big 338s, and uh, that's the first thing you notice. So when you're, doesn't matter if you're a kid, doesn't matter if you're a grown-up, the power that it has for the recoil it has is the reason for making it. Mm-hmm. The downside would be the fucking fireforming. Mm-hmm. Fireforming and barrel life, it is pretty fucking overbore. Yep, and if you do the little bore to whatever ratio... It's a little better than a 28 nozzler. I've burned down a 28 nozzler and it was like in the 700. So mm-hmm. I think if you're nice to it, you'll get 800, you know, like rum kind of lifespan. Yeah. We always say to me in a hunting rifle, 800 rounds is a lifetime. You know, most people lie to themselves and think they shoot a lot, mm-hmm. but I saw a thing. It was, I think it was from the outdoor life. The average person shoots like 16 rounds a year. Mm-hmm. So, and if it's, and if it's this, you know, fancy hunting rifle that you built it's all load developed and you may have a hundred rounds through it and you load a couple hundred rounds and it sits there i mean you're not you're not going out and having fun at the range with it at least you shouldn't be no it's no different to me like we have a 33 xc it's it's built for a certain purpose Mm. killing machine killing stuff it's not a plinker we uh we don't practice no what was that saying we don't still we don't kill still what was that? Oh, man. I made him a T-shirt and everything. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we kill for real, not steal or something. Yeah, like there you go. <laughs> we shoot for real, not for steal. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So. Yeah. The next thing is, oh, oh, go ahead. I don't know. Six of them improved. Go ahead. Oh, no. No, no. I was going to say, you got you got it. This is like the elephant in the room. What does the 6UM stand for? Oh. Well. That was Ryan's choice to name it 6UM. Truthfully, no. Blaine came up with that. Or Blaine came up with it. Obviously, yeah. six, uh, UM is unknown munitions. Yeah. Or now, is it? The only... the Or is it? Or is it? The only reason is, is because when I called JGS, they had to create the Reamer spec because nobody had ever ordered a 6SOM improved Reamer. So we're like, well, shit, no one's ever done it before. Now we got to make our own deal. That's kind of how... Right. You know, we didn't make anything. It's nothing fucking fancy. To be honest with you, there's really no cartridge. It doesn't matter if it's brand new tomorrow. It's not going to be anything fancy. It's not. It's just a different shape of brass. Yeah, and that's why there's some people out there making these other six millimeters. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, making it private. You can't get the reamer. You got to get the dies through them. Yeah. And that's not what – and Jake could have done that. Jake paid for the reamer. So Jake could have locked it all up, you know, but he didn't. So you can call – like he said, call JGS. You can get the reamer. And you can call Witten and you can order a die. I mean, in in reality, anybody could take any cartridge, neck it down, neck it up, make a dummy round, 
This is this is the process for your wildcatting, right? So you make a dummy round out of some existing cartridge, and, they'll, and we'll call that the parent cartridge. And then you you send it to JGS or, or a reamer builder, and you say, hey, build a reamer for this dummy round, but I want it with a 40-degree shoulder. You want it to be improved. And now all of a sudden you have this, this custom cartridge that nobody else has. And then you, you get this reamer. You chamber a barrel with it. Any gunsmith would do that for you. And then you fire form a few pieces of brass. You send that brass to Widen to make you some custom dies for 400 bucks. And now you have a one-off, completely custom cartridge that you can name whatever the fuck you want. And you've started that whole process yourself from, from beginning to end. And it's not, you know, of course it's unique and it's just for you. And maybe you say, yeah, this is just, I'm going to call it the fucking, the six Ryan Avery and, and nobody else will ever have this because I have the spec and, and yada, yada, yada. But you can make any cartridge you want in reality. Yeah. Improved is nothing new. Uh, necking down a cartridge up or down is not new. There's really no new cartridges, even, even, you know, eight, six blackout was a six, five Creedmoor parent case, you know, as an example. Yeah. And, you know, a guy that's going to neck down a six, five PRC to a six or blow out the shoulder and neck it down to a six. This is nothing new. No. We're not doing nothing new, but at the time nobody had made that reamer. Um, and to me, it was pretty cool that with 115 grain, Largest for caliber bullet loaded all the way out. It fit perfectly into a short action. So it's like it was meant to be, but yeah, that was a long ramble. It is, but not, I mean, you can cover a lot of shit, but the thing is, is this is, there's a lot of them that are, you know, wildcatted that don't really do much. To me, this did, did a lot because it took a case, it literally put probably 250 feet per second the way we did it. Yeah. I mean, a, a 115 at 3,400 feet a second out of a, that was a 20 inch barrel. Yep. And that's fucking screaming. It is. I mean, that's that's like at the end of its pressure line, but mm -hmm. A, it hadn't been done before, and B, it pretty much made the best out of that case that a 6 miller probably, short mag, short action 6 millimeter could probably do. I, I guarantee it's about the best it can do. And and C, it's not even plus P'd yet. I was <laughs> definitely get to that part. But what's the parent case? That's the question. It's a 6.5 Psalm. Yeah, ADG makes the brass. Technically, you could use seven psalm brass also. Seven psalm being a 284 down to a 243, that would be a 40,000 jump. And I would recommend doing at least, you know, a minimum of two steps there. So 20,000 per on that ADG brass if you needed to. Yeah. Uh, but we are, like Ryan just confirmed, we are necking down. I'm sure he could post up. We'll post up the bushing size that you're using. Um, Widen does have the, the reamer specs from us. And I actually just ordered sizing die reamers. So I ordered the matching reamers that you use to make dies for oh, those really? cartridges from JGS. They, they're on their way right now. Yeah. So we can make our own dies basically. Or ba for JGS, when you have an account with them, you don't get a discount if they're custom dies. The only way to get a discount is to have that die sizing reamer made and then send it to them. And then you got to order 10 sets and then they'll oh, give gotcha. you the, the normal discount. Yeah. So on that, the brass availability, what, how does that look for 6.5 Psalm, 6.5 Psalm, um, or 7 Psalm 2? For those guys that are asking us to to build 6 UMs for them, we do have brass on hand. And there'll be uh, obviously some fire forming costs there. We don't have it exactly pinned down, but we do have a guy that's doing it for us with some blank barrels, so you won't be blowing out your barrel. Um, and there is another run of Psalms happening in July, August from ADG. So we'll have even more on the way then. Yeah. All right. We covered this. The, <clears throat> the coal is 2.95. Yep. 
Yeah, two nine five all the way out. And it will fit in a short action. If it's yes. in a Tika, it'll load it'll load in the long action, I have no doubts. Fire farming steps, we kind of covered that. I did it in one shot. You can do it in two with six five. You definitely need to do it with two with the seven psalm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'll, uh, I don't remember the exact steps, but they are on Rockside, and I'll post them up. You could post the, we could post the bushing size, the neck down bushing size for ADG 6.5 Psalm Brass. That should be pretty consistent, though. You can post the number. What was funny is that I got a, I think it was on Rockside, but it may have been in the DMs when I posted it up on Instagram. But a guy talked about that I would see shitty ESs after my first fire form. Hmm. And you need to shoot it two or three times. But when I just went to Texas, I, <clears throat> the unknown loaded up 50 rounds for me, and I shot 10 of them, and my ES was 14. Nice. So He may be referring to the fact that it might take a few firings to fully form the brass. Right. That may have been what he was. Yeah, and it didn't seem to. But it looked, it looked, the forming was pretty fantastic at the first firing. Now, of course, we're not pussyfooting it either. We're stepping on it pretty good. We're so. shooting a 110 SMK with a 58 grains of 78.28. Yeah, so it's being stepped on pretty good. Normally, if you're going to fire form, you don't use your best stuff. Right. Uh, but I think that that load did a pretty good number. It did. 14 ES, 10 shots. That's pretty damn good to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, H2O. We, we measured this twice, and we got 75 once and 73, so we're going to say the H2O capacity is 74. And remember, we, what did we measure? We measured 6.5 PRC. With 7 PRC. Seven PRC at the same time. Yep, and it was eighty, and this was seventy. When we did it with you, it was seventy-three. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. So seven. We're gonna go with a solid seventy-four <laughs> for H two O capacity. For for those guys that don't know, there's a couple things we talked about. So so we just talked about H two O capacity. Basically, put a primer in your case, fill it up to the top with water, weigh it before and after. You get the amount of water, which is a, a consistent measurement for the volume of the case. Uh, you don't really want to use powder as a measure of volume because powder can have different volume due to the kernel size and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you don't want to say, oh, my case holds 60 grains of H1000. Well, that doesn't really compare to things. So they use H2O capacity to compare uh, one cartridge to another for, and, and that's directly related to the horsepower of the cartridge is the volume of the case. Do, maybe maybe we measured a standard 6.5 SOM against the That'd be a good measurement too, but yeah, I don't remember that. The other thing that Ryan talked about was the WES analysis. So for those of you that don't know, WES is a program from Applied Ballistics. It's called Weapon Employment Zone, and it is a a valuable tool that you can enter in the parameters of of a bullet going a certain velocity and environmental factors like wind. So you can evaluate the accuracy over what does it usually do a hundred rounds? You can put it in. You can, you can put as many rounds as you want to run, but it's giving you the percentage of hits on target. And then you can add say a 10 mile an hour full value crosswind. And then you can evaluate it again to see how much wind is affecting your, your, your hit rate. Yep. Uh, but if you're comparing, if you want to compare two cartridges at distance, especially if you're looking for the one that not only hits the most but requires less of a wind call. In other words, it doesn't it doesn't drift as much, so you get more hits on target at that distance. That's a really, really good tool. It's not that expensive. No, and it's addicting. Yes, because you, you just get to sit there <laughs> and keep making, yeah. oh, he's throwing it up there. Oh, Yeah, you start out with, uh, I always start out with like these big magnums. I was putting like 300 Terminators and 300 rums, and then that's what got me thinking about the 6UM because I believe I put in, a six five three hundred, Weatherby. I was looking at that, and then I said, I don't remember if I was talking. I talked so much about six millimeter crap. I was either talking to 
Forum, when Ryan gets stuck on something. Yeah. I like keep going. Anyways, I was talking to Forum. I was talking to Jake. And I was like, well, if I could push it, blah, blah, blah. At this, and then he's like, everybody, anyways, it kept coming back to a six millimeter for the recoil part. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, damn. Yeah. So then moving into, I mean, the fact that you're using this as a hunting rifle, I would give some, this is not in your notes. I'm just pulling shit off now. That's the best kind. Okay. Do a little freelancing. I, I would have never and may never select a six millimeter as my killing caliber. Loser. You were kind of the same way, maybe before the six UM. I mean, I know you killed some stuff with the six Creed. Listen, if you're going to go after a whitetail, we're not. That's not what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about basically elk. Like elk would be the deciding factor. And I don't know that I would ever take a. I would never take a six Creed more to kill an elk. I'll just say that. But you've shown me some pictures now of what this one fifteen nose ringed tub detac bullet is doing to animals, and it's. Fucking impressive. It's impressive to the point you ask yourself, why am I shooting a 33XC? Or why am I shooting a 300 rum? If this six millimeter bullet to a thousand yards can just demolish this elk like that, like why am I shooting such a big cartridge? But, anyways, that's a, that'll be, and I may never do it just because right. of that, right? But, but I mean, hands on experience is the only thing that can change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And most of this came from, People keep telling me something you can't doesn't happen or you can't do. Yeah, it was like the three hundred rum with a twenty inch barrel. Yeah, can never exactly. do it. Exactly, can would, never do it. Would never burn all the powder. Yeah, it can never burn the powder. You'll never get good extreme spread and and it's single digit. Yes. Yeah, and that's the same thing. But am I ever gonna am I gonna get rid of the thirty three XC sitting behind me? Hell no, because the one thing that UM can't do is if I start shooting deep, like I start shooting well past a thousand yards. A 115 ain't going to leave much of a splash if I fuck something up mm-hmm. to where a 300 grain bullet, I'm going to see the splash all the time. Mm-hmm. So there, it's, there's no win, no lose situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, barrel life and barrel twist. So barrel life, like we talked about, a little better than a 28 nozzler, which is a lifetime for most people. And some guys might be wondering like where that information came from because that's what I would, if I heard you say that and I didn't know, I would... So what the hell is he talking about against a 28 nozzle? So there's a there's an oh there's a overbore calculation that has to do with the case capacity versus the caliber of the bullet. Mm-hmm. And it's like that grain capacity we're talking about reference and there's a, a, an equation that you figure mm-hmm. out and people have built uh, charts using this equation to show cartridges that are not overbore. And when it's not overbore it means that it'll have longer barrel life. That it's less yeah. abrasive in the throat area. Yeah, like a 308, you're going to get like 5,000 rounds. Exactly. And it's because of, and it's not the whole barrel you're ever worried about. It's literally the the area called the throat or the freebore, the lands that are that's directly in front of the neck where all that pressure and heat comes out. If you have a whole shitload of powder coming out of a really small hole, that's overbore. And that's the calculation that he's talking about. Yeah. And do you guys have it on your website? Mm-mm. I you probably it. should. Yeah, you probably should. Write that down, Lukey. Mm-hmm. And then twist rate. Barrel twist rate, I mean, you can get away shooting really fast. I'm running a one and seven, but you could probably want to run a one and seven or one and eight, probably with a one fifty. It's going fast enough. It'll be fine. Yeah, because it's going to make a spiral. At a 20 inches, 3,400 feet a second, you could probably get away with a nine if we did the math. Maybe. Yep. I've never even looked what a 115 actually calls for, to tell mm-hmm. you the truth. But anyways, I'm running a one and seven because I don't really think you can overspin them. So that's that bullet. The bullet's an interesting thing because I've never even heard of a nose ring DTAC until I started on this project. Had you? I had heard 
a lot of PRS guys shoot 115 DTAX out of six Crete. And so because of that, I had already heard of the bullet and I've seen the whole nose ring deal. I read into it a little bit, but I had never linked the two points that all, oh, maybe that nose ring is going to help break the front of the bullet off and create two wound channels like that. Mm-hmm. That's nothing I ever thought about. Cause I never thought about killing with a six mil, mm-hmm. but I can see now, you know, so David Tubbs did it to apparently to get into the nitty gritty. It, it like stabilizes the ESs somehow. Or the BC. I don't really remember how it works. Yeah, probably the BC. Sorry, the BC. Stabilizes the BC. But then he was shooting, he went over into Africa and shot some animals, I think baboons and stuff, and he figured out that it's a really good killing bullet. And it kills in two ways. If it hits, you know, people got to look into Terminal. We have a podcast hopefully coming one day with Terminal. Hopefully one day. Terminal uh, performance. But if it's going fast enough and basically the tip gets a little bit of force on the side, it snaps off an L mushroom if it's going fast enough, like a traditional bullet. If it's not going fast enough, it's going under 2,000, under 1,800 feet per second, the tip snaps off and the bullet tumbles. And what I've seen when the bullet does tumble, it's just catastrophic. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. If you do have enough speed, it's traditional fragmenting, you know, match bullet. <clears throat> when there's not enough speed, it tumbles. That reminds me of something that Forum said. Is it form F O R M or forum? Form F O R M. He has a name formal. It's a formalius or some shit okay. on the oxide. Form, but I so call him form. Something he said when he was here, which is the podcast Ryan's referring to that at some point is going to come out. He said that the bullet doesn't actually hit straight on. No, it's not. When we were talking about a burger two fifteen at the time, I think. Yep, it's coming in yod. That's what he called it. Yeah, yod up, which really doesn't work in my brain very well, but. So what he was getting to, alluding to in that is there's also another podcast that Aaron Davidson from Gunworks talked about, especially in burger bullets and in like these stronger, harder match bullets, uh-huh. they J-hook a lot. So they turn, J-hook, yeah. they J-hook and they, like a lot of times bullets are going backwards in the animal. And basically as soon as it hits the animal, it makes an, an abrupt turn yep. that you wouldn't expect. Yep. And people argue it and argue it. And then there was a guy that did a bunch of, Anyways, high speed video proof of yeah, it. Yeah, and that's where form was basically referring to was was impacts on gel and seeing yep. what's happening right when it hits. Yep, they J hook, they come apart, they tumble. J hook. Yep. So that is what that's why the one fifteen D tac is such a great bullet for And maybe this. the two fifty maybe some of these bullets like a two fifteen hybrid just J hook more than a, a, another bullet might. And the burgers in general J hook. Burgers more in general. Because anything with a tip seems to implode better. It, mm-hmm. it starts that initiation. So like the form was saying in that one that like a ELDMs within two inches, it starts to open our burgers four inches. Mm. So it has more time to start t- turning instead of starting to get, you know, uh, mushroomed. Mm-hmm. Definitely not my uh, strong point, but it is a very interesting. He gave a fantastic explanation. So as soon as somebody gets off their ass and edit that fucking, podcast, as soon as it's going to be gets awesome. Shit figured out. Well, mm-hmm. All right. Powders. I had my doubts when uh, Jake and Blaine told me that 570, because I love 570, would be the powder. Well, me and Nick, who does Jake's load dev, did 10 different powders, and the clear winner is 570. What was it? it? Do you remember what the couple runners up were? 26. Oh, yeah. Uh, (coughs) It was a weird one. 19. Really, Mm. 19. Interesting. 26. We also ran... I think it was 48, 31 did all right. They all did okay. 
you know, 26 and N570 are generally, they're both double base powders. They're both relatively known for, for highest velocity. Yep. You get that trade off because it's got the double base means it has the additional nitroglycerin added in for extra, extra. It's higher temperature, but it's, yeah. it's more pressure and more velocity. And it eats barrels. There's no way. It does it. eat, you know, and in fact, I read a, about a test that Brian Litz did where they did, it was something like a thousand rounds in a row through a barrel or 2000 rounds. It was a direct comparison between 565 and 570. And they found 570 to be much more caustic than the 565 was. In other words, it wore the barrel out a lot faster. Uh, and he actually, Litz ran 300 normal with 565 and those 245 long range hybrids when he won that Night Force ELR challenge recently. And I had never thought, of, we've been using 565 actually in, in a lot more cartridges than we used to because of this. Not that the 570 is fantastic and it'll still always be the one for me, but um 565 does really well in a lot of cartridges that 570 does. Mm -hmm. So if you're worried about increasing barrel life or something like that, that could be a good switch for you. And like the like those mid-grade, like 6.5 Psalm, 6.5 PRC, that 565 is freaking fantastic. Oh, man. 565 and a PRC is hands down. The, that's the king. King fantastic. of speed. Fantastic. And so, so I started saying, so RL26 can generally go neck and neck with 570 in the right cases, but RL26 is not temp stable like 570 is. Especially lot to lot. I've bl blown primers. Yeah. Lot to lot with 570 is super consistent from lot to lot and very temp stable, very predictable. And it's one of those powders where in in almost any cartridge that 570 is going to work well in, it does fantastic all the way full. Like you almost don't have to guess where it's going to shoot well. You just fill it all the way up. Use the back of a sonic toothbrush to settle the powder down because they're big kernels. And it, it, it almost always shoots well. I love 570. Mm-hmm. Oh, and 23 did okay, but not as well as we thought. Mm -hmm. I try to stay away from all of the RL powders if I can. Yeah. I've never had love for and, them. And they haven't been they haven't been available almost at all. Some guys are saying the new 7PRC from Hornady has RL26 in it, and maybe that's where all the powder from Alliance been going. Certainly looks like it. If you guys are a 570 fan, I do know that a giant ship hit recently and 570 is is flooding out into the market at the moment so keep your eyes open <laughs> what day is it i should tell them what day this is if they hear it yeah uh, this was friday the 21st of april any, any and 570s out there any burgers coming uh 156s are coming right now so if you're 150 and those haven't been out for fuck since last hunting season i think is the last time we saw 156s really yeah it's been six months the next thing people are going to ask is, have you seen any 215s laying around? 215s. Now, now Burger themselves on Instagram fucking said that they were going to run 215s into this year until the backorder list was gone. I can tell you I still have a shit ton of them on backorder. So I don't know if they quit running them or they whatever might have happened. Hey, if you're if you're a Burger guy and you're listening, email us at podcast at shoot.com. But I didn't get on my 215s. No. You just got a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Like not even maybe a hundred boxes total between the few different shipments that they sent. Is that really like the only company that you see, we're going on a tangent here, but the only company you see that's lagging or is other companies lagging and like, is Hornady lagging in a bullet? Is Nosler lagging in a bullet? Well, Hornady's too good for us, so we can't get a direct account, but uh, we buy. <laughs> Come on, Hornady. Come on. I will tell you that Cap, so Capstone Group owns Lapua. Burger, they are the sole importer of Vitvery powder from Europe and SK Ammo. 
So we when we order burger or or Lapua brass, et cetera, it comes it's a direct order with Capstone Group. And and we've been with them for four years now since we started business. And the shipments that we're getting from Capstone right now are multiple years of orders coming in at one time. How many years back? Two years. Oh my God. So like they just sent us an entire pallet of 300 PRC brass that was two years worth of orders. So what that tells me about the market right now is that I don't think they're magically getting a much larger supply than they did. Mm -hmm. And we may be very low on the totem pole, but the fact that my 215s haven't been filled makes me think that a lot of people are backing out of big orders that they had placed and we just don't back out on our orders is all we're taking. Do you think it's kind of slowing down? I think component sales have definitely slowed down. Like I have big stockpiles of brass back there that I have brass in the shop right now that wouldn't have lasted five minutes on the website two years ago. So I, I don't know how that's going to swing. I mean, we don't make as much ammo as we used to. There's a lot more to the business now, but I'd just say that, uh, yeah, components are stacking up. Primers still aren't coming in and most Magnum powders are not coming in. So, Hodgden still will not sell us to, we have an account with Hodgden, but they will not sell any extreme powder to us. That's bullshit. That's H1000, yeah. H4350, Varget, 4831 shortcut, Rotumbo, even IMR 8208XBR is included in that line. And what most people don't know is that Hodgden doesn't even make powder. Hodgden just contracts factories in different parts of the country. Like all these extreme powders are made in Australia. And yeah, it's their, it's their chemical composition, all that good stuff, but... They don't actually make powder. What's their reasoning for not selling directly to you? Uh, they well, they do sell direct, but we're well, we're so stuff. low on the totem pole and 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 late to the feeder. Like we were still to the feeder before COVID, but still too late. And I'm sure there's I don't know all the information, and I'm sure there's more to it. But I know that the military consumes a lot of what they do, uh-huh. and in times of war, which we're not at war, but it is a time of war still. Uh, you know. Countries are stockpiling and military comes first. We get the, we, we get the fucking scraps just as, as a whole, all of the reloading market in the USA, we get the scraps that are left on the bottom of the bin when they mm-hmm. fill everybody else up. It's interesting that they're trying to de-arm de- us, disarm us, but they're also taking all the ammunition. Yeah. Funny how that works. Yeah. That's a whole other caveat. Yes. Anyways, the powder. The powder for it is 570. And the next best powder is loader 26, and it goes You don't see that anymore. Yeah. You don't, because it's fucking all in Hornaday's ammo. Yeah. But it's a drop-off from 20, 570 to 26, and then there's a huge drop-off in velocity. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do it, get with Jake. Get some 570. We have a shit ton. There you go. Oh. Okay, barrel, length, and speed. And I'm going off of one barrel, and I'll give you the speeds. So I'm shooting right now. I'm shooting a 20-inch barrel, and it's shooting them at 3290. And that's a very conservative number. I could go up. I could do 3350. It just didn't love it. So right now it's shooting 3290. And most guys might not have that short of a barrel, too. I think, uh, you know, a general rule of thumb is 25 feet per second per inch. So if you go out to 26... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an additional 150 feet per second if that's what you're looking for. Yep. And if I wanted to mess with it, and like everything with me is under a time crunch, I could do 3330, 3340 and get it to where I wanted it. I just, I hit a seating depth. It was 60 off. It shot 
really, really good. I just left it there at 3290. Mm-hmm. But uh, 33, I will say easily 33 and a little more at 20 inches. Have you ever, uh, do you believe that, that in the physical world, that bullets flying over 3,200 feet per second can do some weird things. I've heard this many times in business history so far. I keep hearing this. I believed it, but here's what I, what I've seen with this and what I've seen with the Terminator. The Terminator was right at the 32 is once I got a good BC, I didn't see random. Like I hear ran like Aaron Davison, which the guy knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He says random flyers. I, he shoots more than me, but I have not seen that once. I do see BC problems at 32 and 33. They're not exactly what they say they're on the box. Well, most BCs, like if you take burger bullets, for example, the BC on the box is averaged from 2,600 to 3,000 feet per second. Mm-hmm. So automatically just by, by burger telling you that, you know that your BC is going to be better right. as soon as you get over 3,000. So I don't, have not seen that. And I've... I've shot and there's not a lot of rounds that I've like witnessed hitting still with this. Like there, this isn't, but the ones that I've shot, the ones that Nick shot and the ones that I've shot, they all hit what they're aiming at. I wonder too, what, what tub, what system tub might use to determine the BCs of his bullets. I don't know that he has his own, you know, Doppler radar station. Like no blind ballistics does. And I, it's the third thing is I just got a different cut. There's like a couple uh. different cuts and nose rings. So I believe the nose, the DTAC is 624 or 620 is what the DTAC is by itself. But I just been running them off a of forum because forum has shot a pile of these 600 and they've, it's been spot on. You said there's a couple different types of nose rings. Yeah. There's, there's, there's three that I know of. There's a 20 thousandth. There's a 40 cut into the mm-hmm. tip of the bullet. There's a 20 thousandth. I just got some, they're between 40 and 50 thousandths. I don't know exactly which. And then there's like a plunge cut. And are these, are these options you pick on the site or these are just revisions over history? I had to call them and ask them. Oh shit. So they give you the ones I had shot things with were the 20 thousandths. But I've witnessed with form, my uncle shot a a cow elk at 970 with a 6XE and he was using the deep cuts and I noticed that it was violently bigger wound channel. Mm -hmm. So I asked them if they'd cut me a thousand with a deep cut. And they, I just got them yesterday. Oh shit. Nice. So they have all killed. I would not hunt with a straight, a non nose ring detect. They're tipped. They're pointed. They're not, they're not going to be great. Mm-hmm. You'd need a nose ring. Counting on that tip, breaking off and creating a new wound channel it has to break off Yeah, okay. or at least bend. Did he tell you anything about what that deep cut? I guess you believe that that deep cut will break off at a lower velocity. Correct. Basically, it's your new expansion velocity. Correct. But what I wonder, and I'll know soon, is will it change the BC? Well, I signed up for the Doppler radar. It has to. When we go to, well, it's deeper, and it's it's not straight. It's at an angle. Yeah, but any change to the bullet like that is going to change the BC. You don't. Yeah, but how much? Like you know, a ton. But so I have. I'm signed up for the Doppler. For when we go confirmed and all that the night first. Yep, I just got to go there between eight and four thirty the Friday, and I'm going to shoot those deep cuts. That's when we go to the Night Force ELR Challenge. We're pretty excited because the rifles are coming together, and uh, and Applied Ballistics comes out with a trailer with a big ass Doppler radar, and they will they will give you a personal drag model for the bullet coming out of your rifle, which is pretty badass. So we're gonna uh, we'll be out there and and have Luke with us, and he's gonna film this whole process as long as they let us. 
And uh, that way you guys can have a look at it on the YouTube. Yep. He said you bring 10 to 12 rounds, you shoot it over. It takes about an hour and they go through the whole, they diagram out what happened with that bullet. All 10 to 12 or they're looking for. No idea. It says you have to bring 10 to 12 to shoot well, over the. Bullet. I would imagine they don't do it on one. They're looking at some type of average. Probably an average, just like an ES or, you know, yeah. some kind of text or uh, DA or who knows. Huh. That'd be freaking awesome to see. Yeah. So I think the. The whole thing is it takes an hour. I want to make sure 10 to 12 bullets and then they'll go through what actually went down. So mm. be interesting to see. And you can look on their website and they tell you, they'll tell you where they're going to be. And sometimes you have to pay for it, but they're going to be there and they say it's free at the, mm. if you're shooting the, the challenge, force. it's free. So that's pretty cool. Damn. Should have signed up. You still can go sign up. Well, I guess we'll, we should know. <laughs> with with pretty good certainty what our 198 tip BC is going to be by the time we get there. I think we'll have a good idea. The reason I wanted to do those those nose ring is because it's an oddity. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the reamer and dies. So <clears throat> Jake has a reamer. Yeah, but, I walked you guys through that pretty yep, good, but, you know, yep. JGS was the one that made us the reamer. Uh, I didn't put any private anything on it. So if they happen to, uh, you know, you guys can email us for the reamer spec if they give you any shit when you try to order it. Uh, the dies, we ordered Widen dies also off the reamer spec. And we will be carrying those. Uh, like I said, the JGS uh, sizing reamers are on their way. And I'll be sending that to Widen to get large batches of those dies made. It's actually, so we're also, so when I say dies, it's because we're doing a 6-SOM improved and a 6-5-SOM improved. If you're interested in either one of those, we will have dies on hand. Uh, we can provide reamer specs. We can provide gunsmithing. Uh, we can chamber your barrel. We have a full machine shop, um, and we're very uh, we're very easy to work with and, and definitely customer friendly. So, any questions at all, call if you can't get through on the phone. Email sales at unknownmunitions.com. Right. And just so you know, a chamber a chamber is three sixty five. Muzzle threads are one thirty five. So generally five hundred bucks uh, without time and a break. Forty more dollars to time the break. Oh yeah, and then you can plus PM too. Oh yeah, we plus PM house also. That's two hundred dollars more because of the licensing agreement. And I plan to do a sixteen inch plus P here soon. <sighs> as soon as the barrel know. shows up, should when, be soon. Oh, I hope should so. be soon. I'm excited. Carbon barrels are carbon barrels are showing up from that order already from April. Are they? Yeah. So it'll be a sixteen inch. 6UM plus P, I'll post up all this shit. Well, on that's another, that, that may be an eye-opener for some of these guys listening who are talking about ordering barrels and shit. So I ordered I ordered Ryan's barrel April of 22, and it's still not here. My God. And that same order has approximately 50 barrels in it, and the first barrels from that order, which were some carbons, just showed up. So 12, month, 12 months plus it took to get couple carbon barrels from benchmark i did see a bunch of ace barrels come in today oh yeah ace barrels just brought us a big old delivery so if you guys want to try uh it's not something new ace barrels has been the barrel supplier for voodoo rifles since day one and they are phenomenally straight very easy to machine and gunsmith so if you're a rifle builder out there they fucking dial in in five minutes and they cut very very clean uh, there are several options in stock on our website. If there's a spec you'd like to see, just reach out. We'll be stocking these all the time. Uh, they're right down the street from us and just a, a great bunch of guys. So we're looking to support local. And 
and try and get some lead times down on barrels after what I just described to you from Benchmark. And we can also send them out for fluting at Camp Feld up in Sand Point, so it can all be done in one shot for you. Uh, we'll carry everything in 26 and 30 inches. They can be cut down to any length and then fluted and then shipped out to you. They can even be, if you want to just ship in your action, it's easy enough. We can just get it all set up for you. Nick just shot a 300 PRC at point, like .18. Yes. Yeah, it's a fucking hammer. It's like one hole. In fact, we're going to turn that one. That was just a test, but now we're going to turn it into a rifle. So, yeah. Anyways, last question on here is the custom Tikas from UM. That's going to be, that's a rock slide question. And the add-on is why no prefits? So custom Tikas from UM, when's that going to happen? We will make prefits for bat machine only. Any bad action you'd like a prefit for, we can handle that. Uh, we have enough experience with bat for the consistency, and we have literally bat is five minutes from my shop. So any issue we ever had, even if we needed to check it on action, we have that option to us. Uh, prefits in general, I guess I should describe. So when we say prefit, you're basically saying I want a gunsmith to machine a barrel for me that I'm going to spin on at home. It is a real shouldered barrel that I'm going to torque. And after said torque, it is going to be in perfect headspace alignment. Headspace off by even two thousandths of an inch means that you can or cannot close your bolt. So if you picture two thousandths, so again, a beard hair is eight thousandths. So if I cut my beard hair long ways into four pieces, this is the amount of play that you have to deal with when creating a shoulder prefit barrel. Now, if the action manufacturer is not consistent enough with their, their with their machining practices, well, that means the prefit barrel won't fit every action. You know, and this is why most guys say I need the action in hand so that we can physically screw the action on the barrel and make adjustments as needed to ensure that your headspace is perfect. Like I said, we can do that for bat machine because we have all the bat actions on hand and we have the ability to test them even if we don't have your action. Uh, guys that are doing Tika prefits and things like that, that's great. Maybe they have something figured out that we don't, but what it relies on is the consistency of the action headspace. And yeah, so that's all that. So we're not going to do prefits for anything but a, but a bat. If you want a prefit for a bat, just shoot us an email. We'll take care of it. Uh, the custom Tika rifles that we are going to be building. We have partnered up with McMillan to run their Game Warden Long Range and their Game Warden 2.0 in a Tika Inlet. Uh, we are going to be putting ace barrels on them with a stainless pro break uh, using the existing bottom metal and magazine that it comes with and adjusting the trigger spring. We're going to be able to build custom rifles in a, in a select amount of cartridges, you know, around the twenty-seven to twenty-eight hundred dollar price point, and that would be painted nicely, Cerakoted all matchy matchy. It'll look like a really great rifle for twenty-seven to twenty-eight hundred bucks, and and again, a, a quality handmade steel barrel. Uh, there will be upgrades available if you want to upgrade to carbon or fluting or fancy Cerakote, that kind of stuff. Or a TI break, maybe. Or a TI break, you know, anything like that. Um, even a custom bottom metal and mag from Mountain Tactical. We may be working on some stuff like that ourselves to, to kind of complement this program. Uh, but yeah, Tika's, and, and, and Ryan has been a big supporter of the Tika brand and kind of 
convinced me, I would say that, <laughs> that there's room for that. And, and really what we're trying to do, it's not, it's, it's a different price point to hit a different customer group. And it, if the Tika can shoot just as well, then, uh, then, then we're good with it. But yeah. So custom Tika rifles, and that's kind of already started. We don't have all the products up on the website yet, but if you're interested in one of those stocks, a game warden long range or 2.0, those have already been on order for some time, and we will stock those for sale as well as use them in the custom builds. Ace barrels are already on the website, and if, if you have a Tika already action that you want to build a custom on, we can do that for you. Uh, anything like that, just reach out to us. Uh, there is a rifles extension when you call the business line, or it's also rifles at unknownmunitions.com. Yes, and we are diligently working on Tika rings, so no, no need to call. <laughs> Dude, I get, I'm getting a, you're blowing that up on a, I just told a guy like right before we started this, I said, yeah, there's going to be a rock side pre-sale before they hit, you know, kind of thing. And uh, mm-hmm. so what Ryan's saying is that we are, we are making Tika rings that will clamp directly onto the Tika rail that's on top of the action. They will have multiple pin locations with a little threaded pin so that you can move the ring forward and backwards. They will be available in 30 and 34 millimeter and one inch heights to start. Uh, the price point will be around 125 bucks and design is already done. First prototyping should take place before the end of the month. They'll be done right. And once we have tested prototypes that are functioning fantastic and we're ready to move into production, Rockside is going to do a pre-order sale, uh, through Rockside, maybe hundred bucks, something like that. We haven't figured out the details. But you guys will be able to jump on that as a Rockslide member and uh, be first in line. I think that's about it. Okay. Did we forget anything? I don't think so. I feel like we're going to get a little busier. Yep, I believe so. Well, if you guys like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. We are going to start giving out month- monthly swag packs. Um, we'll Probably in the next two podcasts, we will give the first one away. Uh, if you have any information or we're lying to you, we're telling you truths, please podcast, send us an email at podcast at shoottohunt.com and, or you can get on Instagram and DM us. So anyways, Jake. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening.